0: Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena
1: Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group Wags of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network
0: of women around the world who
1: understand and support one another while navigating the SCI
0: life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle and our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness and positivity from our unique perspective so join us
1: each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in
0: Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community.
1: Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose.
0: They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay.
1: Wishart Brain and Spine Law is proud to support Wags of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim.
0: Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the Wags of SCI sent you.
1: This episode is sponsored by Ruling in Paradise. Rolling in Paradise is a disabled, owned, and operated family business owned by Annalisa and John, specializing in adaptive equipment for an active lifestyle. John is a C4, C5 quad for 34 years and has been using adaptive equipment for many years. He hand cycles daily and has been in the adaptive equipment industry for over 20 years. Annalisa and John have been together since 2007, and they have two furry kids, They love to be outdoors, going to the beach, cycling, and any activities
0: to enjoy the sunshine. They are proud to offer the following manufacturers, Madeline Hand Bikes, Sport On Hand Cycles, Reactive Adaptation Hand Cycles, Stricker Attachable Hand Bikes, Everyday Wheelchairs including light, Motion Compasses, Hands-On Concepts and Colors power assist devices such as Spinner G, ZX1, Smart Drive, and Freedom Drives. And lastly, some accessories and other adaptive equipment, Easy Stand, Quadra Grip, Spinner G wheels, Roho, and Stimuli cushions, and much, much more. You can contact Annalisa
1: and John by going to their website at rollinginparadise.com.
0: Welcome back, everybody, uh, with your hosts, Selena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to spend this time with us and to get to know more about the Wags of SEI and the topics that we discuss and the things that are important to us.
1: Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Today is a f- more fun episode because we are going to be doing a series of episodes this season about debunking myths. So any sort of myth in the disability community, especially when it relates to couples or wags of SCI, we're going to be debunking some of them, and this is going to kind of be a more fun episode, more upbeat. We're going to try and spin this myth uh, that we're discussing today into more of a positive one, and just kind of discuss our views on it. So today's myth is, drumroll please. (laughs) So today's myth is going to be debunking the myth that
0: we are in it for the money. Why else would we be with our partners? (laughs) Because he's got lots of it and she does not.
1: (laughs) Right. And so it's interesting because we come across a lot of myths um, in our community. And when we say myths, it means just kind of um preconceived notions about our relationships uh, or people in the disability community in general, or people that are caregivers or partners to men with spinal cord injuries uh, or people with spinal cord injuries. There's a lot of them. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, we always talk about this on the private group where there's a lot of questions that come our way from people we don't know, especially, um, Curiosities, but then a lot of judgments. Um, and one of those judgments that I'm sure all of us out there who, who are listening can relate to, is why else would you be with a person who has a disability um, unless you're being looked after and taken care of by their money? And this is a huge one. Um, Have you ever gotten this, this um, kind of judgment,
0: Elena? Um, I haven't myself, but I have heard of this on a private group. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of it also comes from a place of why would she be with him? Because he's in a wheelchair. We I have heard of that or like what you've said before in the past, who's, you know, when you and Evan go out for something to eat and the bill comes and it's like, is this together or separate? And um, I find that's an interesting space to navigate because of the assumptions. And you know what they say about assuming, don't you?
1: Well, and I just feel like the generation that, you know, are. Our- You know, our friends who have kids, their generation is going to be so different because a lot more people are just way more accepting of people with disabilities as just normal humans that tend to have a more difficult time physically getting around. But the way our our world is shaping up right now, there's just so much more room for inclusivity and, you know, people discussing these things out in the open. And the only way that we're going to remove these judgments and misconceptions and myths from people's, you know, minds is by getting out there and talking about it and debunking some of these myths and making sure that people know the reality because you know myths only happen when it's a lack of education, it's a lack of awareness. And so mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why we have this podcast is because we want to get out there on the front lines and just show people like listen you need to be aware of this because it's very simple and this awareness will change your mind on something and then that will trickle down and change everyone's mind over time. So, I mean, yeah, like you talk about splitting a check that happened to us all the time, pre COVID when we used to go out for date night, it was always like, is this separate? Is this together? And you could see the awkwardness in their eyes and it, and it didn't matter how much PDA we were doing or how, if we were holding hands or like we clearly were married, they would still ask that. And, And a lot of people have said, oh, they just asked that because they have to now. It's like, okay, well, I was a server for 10 years and um, I would always prefer to have the bills together because usually it's easier. It takes less time to process. And um, I don't know about new policies or whatever, but it was, you could tell when they were asking it, they were genuinely like, do I want to offend by asking if they're together? Like it's offensive. And it's just that assuming that someone wouldn't have a functional romantic relationship. And I this is such a big topic and we want to do like a quick discussion on this. It's a huge topic, but what do you think about where this stems from, Elena? Like where, like, where does this come from? Like, think about people who think this, like, why would they think this? Where did this come from?
0: I think that a lot of the time, like, well, from my, this is just from my point of view is what do you think about like, women coming from overseas to be the cares for the man. And a lot of the time, like there are programs and websites that promote that, you know, like the sugar babies or, you know, Russian male order brides or yeah. carrots coming from the Philippines because they're looking for a better way of life. So that is what they're promoting. They are promoting themselves. And, I think that we've heard many stories of that in the past where it's like, oh, how did you guys meet? Well, I went over to the Philippines and then I came back with this woman who's very lovely and she's taking care of me. So there is like that objective, like that perspective. Yeah. Um, You know, that women would seek somebody who I would say society in general sees as... um, I wouldn't say less than, but somebody who needs extra assistance, right? How society sees somebody who needs that assistance is that the only way a woman would want to go be with them is because she's looking for financial freedom. And I think that the big misconception, and it is very offensive, is that, first of all, women that take care of their partners are very busy. It's a job. It's a career. It's not just like a... A transaction between partners because she's there to look pretty to be with him a lot of the time there's a lot of missed there's a lot of other missteps that go along with that so I'm not sure and I think that also society views caregiving um as an entrance level position that doesn't require a lot of skill which is very opposite as well um what do you think
1: i yeah uh, just going off what you said i I really think what I see is that society as a whole, especially Western society, is so instant gratification. Um, I don't want to think about it. I just want to be satisfied. I don't want to do anything. I just want everything to be good. I don't want to work on myself. I just want to have it happen now. We live in that instant gratification society um, where these, you know, there's no... There is hard work and there is like, you know, stick-to-itiveness. But when it comes to relationships, there's so many people that are like, why would I put in the extra effort for somebody if I don't have to? And I think there's a lot of toxicity in that. um, Because I always say this, every single person in their relationships has issues. It doesn't matter if it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, moral, morally if you're in a relationship with someone long-term, the whole point of a relationship in my um, opinion is to point a mirror at yourself and show you what you need to work on. And uh, a lot of the women in our community, yeah, there's, there's tougher physically um, things that you have to work through with your partner. Um, Let's, let's not sugarcoat that. It's tough. It's tougher physically, but a lot of the people in our community are so mature emotionally and mentally. And they're so close because they've had that lack of physicality in their relationship that they can literally make it through the hardest of times and come out so resilient, especially some of the men that like have had these traumatic accidents and have come out the other side, working through that trauma and actually becoming a better, wiser human being. It's super attractive. And these things aren't thought about to start, when you first look at somebody, it's immediately that judgment of, oh my god, why would she choose to be in this relationship? It would be so difficult. Why, why choose that when you could have something else? But what I'm saying is, this something else, quote unquote has problems too. And to put that on the back burner and kind of prioritize physical problems as the bl and end all, it's like, I'm sorry, I would rather have to work through some physical challenges um, and have my relationship flourishing and close and connected and actually growing as people than being isolated and separate and selfish and
0: you know, not having that ability developed over time. Do you you know what I'm saying? I do. And I think that also can be, you know, up to an individual interpretation as well, because I was actually having a a conversation with a friend about this other day, you know, how we, we do, we operate from our own lens from our own frame of reference um, that what works for one person doesn't work for the other person. And hmm, I think when people sort of like assume like she's in it for the money, It sort of happens from their perspective of what they know from the view of the world. Right. And it doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it really anything. And I think that one of the most important things is that from what I've seen in our community is that women are really resilient and they're really, they can really let this kind of stuff just fall right off their back and just sort of be like, okay, that's kind of funny. That's, whatever, whatever you think, which is actually the complete opposite of what is happening in our community. And we just had Amber Ferguson do an article with the Washington Post with the title full-time job, no pay. So it's all very, I don't know, It's kind of like an oxymoron, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, for (laughs) sure.
1: And it's like that, you know. Thank goodness that that article did so well. I think there was like six. She said the final tally was six point one million views of the story, which is incredible. Yeah, um, just the reception of that was cool, but mostly because people just didn't know about this. Um, they don't know that, like they all think, oh, she must be with him because it's financially beneficial, but it's actually the polar opposite. And this is something that we really wanted to discuss and tackle in our community is that it's just it's just not true. Um, the fact is, and this is really brutal, is that disability payments are just really under the poverty line. Welfare checks. Yeah. I mean, there's welfare and then there's disability. There's so many different lines of income, but most of it has a cap. I mean, even WorkSafe or workers' compensation has a cap. Mm -hmm. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting inflation. You're not getting paid for your potential. You're not getting, you're getting 70% of of your wage, 60, 70% of your wage when you got injured. And it it doesn't matter kind of what insurance you have or what government program you're on. The fact is, is that you only qualify when you're under the poverty line um, in many cases. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a big topic. And we're not going to get into the details of that, but we just want people out there to realize that when you're disabled and you have a disability, you literally are encouraged to not reach farther because you will get your medical necessities taken away from you. Um, And that level of safety net, you know, in order to buy catheters in order to make sure you have those thousands of dollars a month in care needs just to live. It's scary for a lot of people and they don't, it's kind of that limiting belief where you're literally told, okay, you can't make over a certain amount. And if you do, you have to give 50% of it back in order for this and this and this. There's so many stipulations. But not only that, it's like you will lose what little support you did have as far as care and as far as medical supplies. And it's just, it's scary because those things you rely on to live. And if the, the thought of maybe not having a job or being able to pay for that in the long run is too much for a lot of people. Do you know what I mean?
0: I do. And I will sort of touch base on that as well um, and say that one of the best things you can do after injury is go back to school. Because the government will pay for your schooling here in BC in Canada. The government will pay for your schooling. They will also pay for you to get a new wheelchair, for you to have medical supplies, for you to have pretty well anything you need if you are in a space that requires you to get back and sort of integrate into society, so to speak, you do have protection that way, where if you go back, you know, the government wants to support you getting a new education so you can work, so you can continue on. And I know that was a really, really tricky space for us to navigate the first year because we had no idea, we had no idea that somebody could go back and get a free education, have all of their supplies covered, all their medical needs covered, as long as they're going back to, you know, retrain to get back in the workforce. And that's not for everybody. There's a lot of out-of-the-box thinkers are out there that are able to create new career paths for themselves as well. But I think for us, that was the biggest piece of when we're talking about income within the household, was seeing that my partner could actually go back and do something all over again. It's almost like a second chance at life, except for now your education is actually free. (laughs) So yeah, that's something that I wish we would have known right away. Yeah. And that's huge.
1: Yeah. And then, and then you think about like, you know, people in the States that don't necessarily have that um, support when it comes to getting back out there. I know there's a lot of different foundations in the States that help and assist people getting educated. Um, I'm not sure about the specifics, but I do know that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, especially high level quads or people with, with constant pain or any secondary medical conditions. Sometimes they have to take quite a bit of time off and they have to have a flexible career where they can rest and they can recover and they can kind of be off the grid if they have to be. And this is really hard to find a job that is going to support that. Um, So yes, they're like, there's a lot of options, but there's also that lack of safety net that I believe should be there regardless. If you have a disability, I believe that your medical needs should be covered just to live. Um, and you should have that safety regardless of how much money you make, because there's always that fear of like, what happens if I get, you know, I get laid off or I need to take some time off or my job doesn't is too much for me and my health concerns, then I'm not going to be able to have that safety net I had before. So Mm -hmm. there's so many like different things that go into that. And it's just the reason we're talking about this now is because we want people to understand that like the majority Of disabled people do not have this endless flow of income that people think they have right Uh, right? it's just it's a very very different situation than what the general public thinks and that's really sad too because it's like this could happen to anybody so mm -hmm. the general public needs to care and they need to understand that when you get disabled this is what happens and anyone could get disabled at any time so everybody needs to care about this Right. right, of
0: course, and it is sort of like a snowflake sort of a term in terms of that in any demographic that this is the case as well um in any part of the population, this is the case as well. I mean there's gonna be there are gonna be people that have a lot of money, regardless whether they're disabled or not, and people that don't right, so that security is very it fluctuates between groups, so we just want to let you guys know that we are not in it for the money. <laughs> I mean, the, here's the thing. Of course, like
1: you said, there's always going to be people who are, are in it for the money. Let's just say they had, you know, one guy get a spinal cord injury and it was like a windfall and they found a lady that they could take care of and they have care. And, but that is very, very rare and few and far, far
0: between. <laughs> so yeah, as believe as it, it is <laughs> for anybody to, to purchase their bride anyways, right? Yeah. Or, and, or-
1: yeah. We also we also wanted to mention, um, as far as debunking myths when it comes to combining incomes um in a household with one person with disability. If your income is too high, then they're disabled, um, pensions or their medical supplies will be reduced or eliminated completely. So that is all mentioned in the Washington post article that we helped bring to life with Amber Ferguson that you can read on our website, or you can read it on the Washington post, just search caregivers, um, uh, spinal cord injury, and it'll come up right away, but that's, that's right. Like, right. And that's like yeah. part of the reason why we're just so passionate about this is because things don't change unless you shine awareness on it. And once you look, you can't look away. And so, right. right, As much as people want to look away, we're going to make it so that you can't look away. And then (laughs) what happens is, is that's when change and those seeds are planted. And that's when people behave differently and act differently and think differently. And that's when, when the vibration changes, because we're very open about how we're trying to like raise the vibration of this community. And we want everybody to have equal access to everything. And we want disabled couples and disabled people and caregivers to be treated how they deserve to be treated and included in society and everything on the table. And that that means talking about things that may make people feel pretty uncomfortable. And that's totally fine with us. We've kind of devoted Mm -hmm. our life at this time to creating these conversations and making sure that people understand. And um, yeah, It's just, it's fun to debunk these kind of myths. And we're interested in hearing what you guys have to say, like our listeners. Um, If you have a story or something you want to share, you can email us at any time, sci
0: at gmail.com. Or if you have a myth that you would like debunked as well, or you have something that you would like to talk about as well, please, please email us. There are so many juicy little tidbits of debunking myths. There's all sorts of myths out Mm -hmm. there that we would love to to get your guys' feedback on as well
1: yeah and we have a ton more that we're going to be discussing this season and this upcoming year and we're going to be doing short little episodes just talking about it and getting the juices flowing in all of your brains and you know if you have someone um, that is a relative or a friend that you feel like would would benefit from listening to this and just getting a greater understanding of what you're going through or what someone you know is going through or if you just want to educate someone and get get the ball rolling um, feel free to send this along um, and let us know what you think about this episode and you know we we really want to change how people view us as couples we're just like anybody else but there are some Headaches that we have to deal with on a daily basis and turning away and pretending like these things don't exist is not the answer. It's The answer is shining a light on everything and bringing these things into awareness, into the collective, into society, and making it part of the discussion and why
0: it's important. Because everyone deserves love, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. So once again, thank you to everybody who's joined in today for our very short episode of Debunking Myths and for spending the time with us. So until next time, have a beautiful week ahead and we'll see you then. Cheers. The advocacy and outreach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds
1: year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our Wags, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our
0: volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website, wagsofSCI.com, or donate directly to the Wags of SCI Go Fundy page. We thank you for
1: your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of STI couples
0: worldwide.